It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was going from a position of accomplishment that where you, every day, whether you went into the office or not, you went in at a position where you've been recognized and promoted with success. You've taken on responsibility. You've done all these things that are just every day to you. It was just, oh man, I'm starting over. Oh man, you know, I worked 20 years and right now I'm at, at the level where I'm worried about which bill to pay in order to continue going forward. Oh my gosh, I better not lose the house or what if and you're fighting your own head what's going on. The tools that I, I think I wish I had, maybe I should have paid a lot more attention of tools and or coaching or programs that probably were in place for me that I stubbornly blew off because I'm not going to need that. You know who I, you know what I did? I, I can transition. I can take on any role. So I, I think the, the stubbornness and ego took, took me down a path that avoids some tools that were probably right in front of my face. My name's Dr. Gary Crotez, and I'm a coach, podcaster, and award-winning author of The Idea Mindset, a book about how to figure out what you want and how to get it. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. When I'm in conversation with my coaching clients, these are the breakthroughs that are so profound that they remember vividly where they were, who they were with, what they were thinking when their unlock moment happened. In this podcast, I'll be meeting and learning about people who have accomplished great things or brought about significant change in their life. And you'll be meeting them with me. We'll be finding out what inspired them, how they got through the hard times and what they learned along the way that they can share with you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast to hear all about another Unlock Moment. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Moment podcast. I always find it fascinating talking with veterans about the transition from the command and control structure of the military to the leadership and cultural conventions of the civilian world. We know that veterans can be some of the most inspiring and effective leaders in the workplace, but that's no accident. It takes time to transition, assisted by personal development, mentoring, coaching, all designed to find that true, authentic leader that can bring their best self to the workplace. My guest on this episode of The Unlock Moment is a deep expert in unlocking the potential in veterans. After graduating from the University of San Francisco, Kevin Sullivan, Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army, retired, served 20 years as an aviation officer with the United States Army. Through his military career as a Black Hawk pilot, Kevin served in numerous leadership positions, culminating with service as the Director of Aviation for the U.S. Army Pacific Command. He is a proven leader with over 30 years of senior leadership, international business development, and marketing experience. He's worked in many sectors, including significant work supporting veterans, and is the founder and president of Leading Points Corporation, a company that builds and implements comprehensive military programs for businesses interested in establishing themselves within the military and government markets. He's launched military programs for companies as diverse as Costco, Golf Channel, Vail Resorts, Untucket, and many more. And now as we move into a new era where coaching is becoming available in the palm of your hand, Kevin and his team 
are working together with me and my colleagues at pioneering digital coach company Culture Lab on a fascinating idea to support hundreds of thousands of veterans across the US using the power of digital coaching. We'll come to that later in the conversation. I'm keen to learn more about Kevin's own experience of the military to civilian transition and the unlocked moments of remarkable clarity that helped him to figure out the path ahead. I'm also hoping to learn more about what drives his passion to continue to serve veterans and his vision for the future. Kevin Sullivan, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to the Unlock Moment. Thank you very much. It's an absolute honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much for joining. So take us back to the beginning. What first took you into a military career? Well, I, I grew up in a, um, a family of service. My, my father was a police officer and he was always one about serving the community and, and giving back. Um, we, we grew up as a, a very modest family in the San Francisco Bay Area. Four children, um, a mom as a homemaker, a, a policeman's salary doesn't take you very far. And it, um, it was always wonderful now, looking back on it, to see how much um, giving my father kind of postured the family to do. We were built in a culture where, you know, serving others was expected and it was really something that you wanted to do from, from a very early stage, you know, through my education, um, through high school. And as I started getting to the point where I was applying to the universities, um, a consideration was made about entering the military and going to one of the military services, uh, service academies, I had applied and was actually received a congressional appointment to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. However, when it got closer to graduation from high school, my appointment was actually a placement into the Navy prep school. And a which re- would require two additional years of college, so two years of prep school, then entry into the Naval Academy. Um, a young man at that age, the last thing I wanted to do was deal with six years of college, let alone four. So I kind of shopped my congressional appointment around, and, and it was quickly picked up in the form of an offer from the U.S. Army at the University of San Francisco, where I entered the Army ROTC program, went through a four-year college, and then entered service into the U.S. Army at that point. And, and, and give us the highlights of your, your military career. What kinds of things did you do? What was your, what was your specialisms and so on? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, when I was in the ROTC program at the university, our, our junior, senior year is when you go away for advanced training. You are given an opportunity to really evaluate the different branches in the military. And I was able to serve a, a training um, time with an aviation unit up in Seattle, Washington, or up uh, what was known then as Fort Lewis, Washington. So I got a chance to be paired with the aviation unit. And the first time they put me in a helicopter for an orientation ride, I knew at that point that my career path or my desired path was to be an aviation officer for the Army. 
So upon return from my senior year, I did everything I could to do well. Try to catch up for a couple of years of uh, college performance and turn it into a, a very competitive uh, application and then ultimately an acceptance as an aviation officer, which I was commissioned in. Um, went to flight school, Fort Rucker, Alabama, uh, excelled at flight school, did very well. I loved it from the very first moment. I was given essentially the choice of which career, or I'm sorry, which type of aircraft I could fly. I chose UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters and then took my first assignment in the Pacific in Hawaii. So for throughout a 20-year career, I spent uh, time both kind of focused. I did three tours out of Hawaii, and I'll come back to that in a moment, but I had a good mix of a, a great career with phenomenal uh, leaders and with phenomenal units in the aviation um, industry, if you will, of the military, serving in, at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, serving in Korea, serving in Kuwait overseas, um, multiple uh, tours in Hawaii that took me, again, into overseas theaters where we did dynamic, you know, service, whether it was disaster relief, humanitarian service, deployment during, um, you know, combat scenarios. But all, all in all, it was a, a very interesting, fun career that I absolutely loved. And I did it for 20 years. Uh, at the latter part of my career, when I was deciding should I stay in, which way we should go, um, my family, my wife and I really sat back and took a look at it and decided that, you know, right after the 20-year mark that it was time to transition into the civilian sector. We had very young children. I was dealing with a um, military injury related to an incident I had in a Black Hawk and, you know, I had multiple back surgeries. And it, it was just time. We loved it, but we knew what the, the next five years laid ahead of us, which was multiple tours uh, away from the family, multiple moves across, you know, different positions. Um, but so it was time for us. And that's when we transitioned literally through Dart Center Map. And while we were in Hawaii, where I retired out of, and we decided to give Colorado a chance. And packed up like, you know, a good family in the military, which we were used to, moved out to uh, Colorado in 2008, and we've been here ever since. Moving there was a another moment that, you know, turned to be a, an educated, probably one of the biggest unexpected dealings of my life is I had my mindset that as an accomplished lieutenant colonel within the United States Army, having do, done very well, that I could walk into corporate America at a level that would be um, rewarding to me, a, a position of prestige, maybe a salary much higher than what I earned in the military. There would be an opportunity to make money while enjoying some retirement money. So a place to be a foundation, not have to deploy, turn around, leave the family. All of those things were expectations I had in moving to Colorado. I, I did some quick applications about where can I enter the job market. I was quickly picked up by a young company 
that uh, was in its first year. They loved my background. They said all the right things. They offered me a good salary, and they were willing to pick me up immediately, and it was fantastic. And here it is, you know, early July 2008. We said, great. We bought a home. We bought a foreclosure. It was bank-owned. It was the right price. It needed some work, but heck, we we're young. We could we could do anything, right? So we bought this home, uh, got into it, saw the level of work required. It was a really difficult task. I started working for a new company. The company was disorganized. I had visions of you know leading it to complete success, making all this money. Month number two started. We were in discussions about setting up why I didn't get my first month pay. Transition happened. Uh, uh, an executive for the team who was not in Colorado but in Tennessee basically showed up to my door to tell me that the uh, company would not be moving forward and actually had gone under. So now I'm in a position where I just bought a new home. I don't have a job. And... It's July 2008, and I swear the next day they started using the word recession. And it was the, oh, you know, I wouldn't say it was an unlock. It was the OS moment in my life where it was like, what could go wrong right now is presenting itself as it's going wrong. So during that time, it became a really what do you do? Do you just go grab a job and, and take something? I think the stubbornness of what I had learned in the military where I was successful and I really didn't want to go work for someone and work my way up the uh, you know ladder of success had me take on a decision to build out Leading Points Corporation. So that occurred early, well, early on after retiring, where we started going after it. But uh, we quickly became the story of what not to do in launching a business. You know, we we picked up clients. It cost a lot to run programs. We didn't know exactly how to establish the right contracts to ensure we would get paid on time. We liquidated our savings account to the point where we were literally trying to grow the company on credit cards. My wife picked up a job as a marketing agent for Breckenridge, you know, the destination resort up here in Colorado. And, and then we slowly found success step by step. And the unlock moment of that piece was I went from expectation of walking into a senior VP job because of my status in the military, if you will. And I see it still today. Um, we we have some false expectations. We have to make sure we know what we're gonna, you know, take on before you put yourself at risk. But um, during that time, eventually we we found success. You know, I built military programs where I placed product into the military retail store. We had success there. Eventually, I convinced the right companies with the right brands that they should endeavor to make the military consumer a primary customer. And I had some quote-unquote wins. One you mentioned, Costco. Costco is massively known across the United States. 
you know, we built a program where we offered something unique to the military service member and their family for joining Costco. They kept the same price point to join, but we gave away a special offer as it related to membership. So military members would receive a gift pack, if you will, a rotisserie chicken, uh, Costco batteries, case of water. It was just something different because we were saying thank you to that audience. And literally, we tested at the go-to-market strategy. We opened up a test of 20,000 applicants. We did a Facebook offering. And this is maybe 2014 or whatever. We let everyone we knew that it was coming. We let military media outlets know about it. And we turned it on. And literally, we redeemed 20,000 you know, people signed up for it in three minutes. Three minutes. So that was the unlock moment that we could be successful by doing what we love to do, and that was building programs unique to the military audience. So that, that became the very key point of success in military, or I'm sorry, of Leading Points Corporation, because now we proved our model with a very large brand name, and having that under your uh, arm walking into a meeting with another large brand, such as Golf Channel or LifeLock or 1-800-Flowers, you have that credibility, and it gave us the um, positioning that we could do this. And it has worked that way until today. So it's been quite the ride, but uh, certainly a, a lot of fun looking back on it. <laughs> It's an amazing story. And I want to come back to this point of transition. So, so you'd had a long career in, in the US Army. You'd flown Black Hawk helicopters around the world. You'd become the director of aviation for the US Army Pacific Command. And you come out with some expectations about the kind of role that naturally will be opened up to you in the civilian world. And then the reality check hits that that's not as easy as that. And it's not as available to you as you thought it might be. And you get to a point where you run your life, you're building your business off credit cards for somebody that's been incredibly successful in the military career. How did that feel for you at that point? No, it, um, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was, you know, going from a position of accomplishment that where you, every day, whether you went into the office or not, you went in at a position where you've been recognized and promoted with success, you've taken on responsibility, you've done all these things that are just everyday to, you know, and, you know, it was just, oh, man, I'm starting over. Oh, man, you know, I worked 20 years. And right now I'm at the level where I'm worried about which bill to pay in order to continue going forward. Oh, my gosh, I better not lose the house or what if and you're fighting your own head what's going on coupled with that you know medically i was in a real bad position i had mentioned that that was one of the key factors i moved away i had surgeries while i was in the military but my back was really messed up still and i was receiving care for that and you know things were just difficult all and all and um you know, you just, I, I felt like I went back to like day one and you're worried about 
your family, you're worried about your marriage, you're worried about the house, you're worried about everything, and that just puts you in a very bad position, and it's difficult. So I can understand military in transition today, whether they are dealing with the challenge of, I got to find a job, or they're dealing medically with the deal of, man, I've seen some bad stuff in the position that I was in with the military where it was tragic or, you know, you hear about soldiers with injury or both mentally and physically, those in transition. You know, I don't want to compare myself necessarily to some of the challenges that those are going through and fighting, but it it paints you into a corner that is not a fun place to be in. And that's very difficult and very challenging. And I did not like it at all. I did not like it. It was a very tough time in life where I'm should have been, in my opinion, at a position where I'm to start enjoying life. And I thank you for being really open with that, really authentic with that, because I bet there's a load of people who are going to listen to this podcast who will feel like that, who will feel like you felt. But they might not have said it. They might not have said it to people. Um, and I think that that's really, really powerful that you can you can bring that to life. So when you reflect on your experience of transition and some of the challenges that you had, and you think about some of the help that you had in transition, but also things that now looking back, you wish you'd had access to, what was, what was great in terms of what you did have around you? And what are things now that you wish you'd had more of? I think I was blessed with the camaraderie of a spouse that was supportive and a teammate. And that was very important because if I didn't have that, um, it would not be where we're at today, period. I mean, there is, we recognize that I, the, the money was not going to come in necessarily right away through a, an endeavor of launching Leading Points Corporation so much that, you know, we figured out a scenario and she didn't hesitate to take a job that one, neither of us wanted her to take, but she was willing to do to literally pay the bills. Um, and it turns out to be a, a great moment in her life because she was very successful and recognized and built up a, her own career path that was wonderful in itself. The tools that I, I think I wish I had Maybe I should have paid a lot more attention of tools and or, you know, coaching or programs that probably were in place for me that I stubbornly blew off, you know, because I'm not going to need that. You know who I, you know what I did? I, I can transition. I could take on any role. So I, I think the, the stubbornness and ego took took me down a path that avoids some tools that were probably right in front of my face. Um, That I think is a challenge for a lot of military members transitioning from whatever position they're in, because they want to move away from an environment where someone is telling them what to do. You know, I know that I can be successful. I have the confidence to do anything. When in reality is, those are great skills to have. Confidence, you know, accomplishment, commitment to success. Those are all wonderful. But putting yourself in a path, in a civilian 
you know, program that is not of the same language or of the same, you know, work environment. There, there's so many changes that you have to be educated on. Um, you know, I didn't take advantage of a lot of those. And I put myself at a disadvantage when I landed outside of the uniform. Um, so that, you know, the good tools are our family and, and the strength of where we are at there. The, the tools that I needed were probably there, but I didn't seek them. And I, I think the just backing up, being very honest with yourself, you know, at some point and not, you know, running away from challenges. That was the culture of what we were taught in the military. So that was a tool that was in place. But, it, you know, there was probably more tools in place than I ever recognized. And, and that's a hit on me. I work a lot in coaching with people who are in different types of transition, often different types of career transition. And I think one of the things that often comes through is the mix of types of tools that are all important together. There's no individual tool that solves all issues or helps you to get all the way to where you want to get to. It's a combination of, you know, as you say, the team you build around you and that kind of resilience of the team around you. But it's the training that you receive for your new career, but it's also the mentoring and development that you get from the senior leadership in whichever organization you've joined. But it's also the counseling and the therapy, particularly if you're coming, for example, from a military background or a medical background where, you know, you, you may have issues that you have to deal with from experiences that you've had and, and you, sh you shouldn't underestimate that. And then there's the power of coaching itself. And, and I really love the way that you've told your story because I think it comes through so clearly your level of self-analysis and self-awareness that you've built. And, and it, you can easily underestimate that actually. When, when you're talking to people and you hear the people that have made that successful transition, often a very large part of it is from the coaching mindset, that ability to understand with honesty and authenticity, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm great at. This is what I'm not great at. This is where I can really succeed. This is some of the help that I need. You know, I'm, I'm prepared to ask for help. I'm prepared to say those magic three words, I don't know. And sometimes that is a real challenge for people who've come out of positions of control or power. You know, as I came from a medical career, so I trained as a doctor before I transitioned into business. And you often see people who've been, I don't know, a transplant surgeon or something. They come into the business world and they're like, I've literally held someone's life in my hands. And now you're asking me to align some bullet points on this slide. Um, and what am I doing? But of course, it's just part of the journey. Because you don't, you don't get put in the senior leadership position on day one. And if you did, then the way of leading doesn't translate necessarily in the same way. And so I think one of the great powers of coaching is not that you learn things, but that it helps you to understand yourself. And it's that ownership and, and accountability you take through, through the process. So let's talk a little bit about Let's talk a little bit about what we're doing together with this military career coach. And maybe to put this in context, let me talk a little bit about where this came from. So uh, as my regular listeners will know, I'm an executive coach. I used to be many other things in business, a doctor, once a professional war and dance, many different things. So I've done my fair share of career transition, but I absolutely never flew a Black Hawk helicopter. So you've got one, one on me on that. And I uh, started working with a team here at, at, at Culture Lab uh, about three, four months ago. 
And Culture Lab has been working over the last few years to develop a, a digital coaching tool. So it's an app on your phone. And what it's designed to do is take the best of human coaching that is normally, you know, human coaching is typically quite an expensive thing to do. And so it's a great thing to do. And I myself coach clients, you know, in the US and the UK and Europe. Um, but not everybody can have access to human coaching because it's just at a prohibitive price point for most people. And a culture lab team was thinking, how do we get the essence of coaching, but in the hands of pretty much everybody? So we're looking at retailers who might have hundreds of thousands of employees. How can we get coaching down onto the shop floor in a retailer? We imagine an Amazon warehouse. How can you get everybody in the warehouse able to develop themselves and own their own development through the power of coaching? And so we started to develop these materials that were enabling people at the most basic level to do things like build self-reflection and self-confidence um, and understand how to listen more effectively uh, and how to work better in teams and how to delegate and how to give feedback and how to praise people and how to become more efficient and effective in what they're doing and how to think differently, question their assumptions. And what we started to find when people started accessing that content was so many people across different industries and levels of experience started to say, you know, this is the thing that I don't spend enough time doing. I don't spend enough time thinking about who am I as a worker? Who am I as a leader? What do I want to become? Um, and how can I develop myself? Because there is training available and there is mentoring and development available, but also I kind of know what areas I want to work on. And so that's, that's where we came up with this idea of the digital coach. And over time, we want to evolve it to involve, include things like diversity and inclusion. And we want it to include things like uh, change and resilience or finding meaning and purpose at work or developing some specific skills like selling skills, for example, and negotiation skills. Um, and so we start in this conversation with you about, well, is there an application to help veterans in transition to develop the skills they need to move out of that command and control structure and into the norms of, of the civilian workplace. So, so pick up, Kevin, for you, how, how did that translate to the, the issues that you were seeing in the veterans transition? Yeah, it's, it's spot on. I mean, the simplest form and the, the audience need to understand the, for me, the US military is a direct reflection of society, okay? Every ethnicity, every education level, every gender, every, you know, background you could imagine is right there in the U.S. military. So my comparison, and it took me a long time to get there to say, hey, the military is not type X. It's a direct reflection of society as a whole. So you have the ability to draw, you know, companies. I'm, I'm looking at it from the company's perspective. What a wonderful place to draw talent because you have every type of person skill set available to you. They're not all about senior leaders that are going to walk in and lead your companies like my false expectation was. But you, you have, you know, heavy vehicle operators that could be you know, driving a snowcat or a big rig uh, on the mountains, or you have executives that, 
you know, our leaders of combat units that could lead challenging, you know, operations that are developing new infrastructure plans or new locate. You have everything right there. Um, so that direct one for one society in the military, the military market has a work ethic that I believe is above most as a as individuals in society. They have a commitment to success. They have well, at already demonstrated disciplines that I believe are beyond the the normal society of someone outside the military. So I, I think it becomes a, a phenomenal market, if you will, to draw from. The if you flip the role around, you know, the ability for military members to have a tool. You, you talked about human coaching and what you know, cultural lab does. It puts experts into a mentorship role to take an individual looking to transition from whatever start point into a new start point. You know, how could that not be valuable to a military member? You know, I'm a firm believer there is no service organization out there, no retailer, no business that cannot have a military program. If you sell widgets, you can, you know, curtail your initiatives for hiring so that they, they can help you sell widgets better. Or if you're selling widgets, you can create a program to place those widgets in the military market. Same thing is true here. Military have the exact same needs as everyone else in the world. Can we put tools such as you know, culture coach, the app, the the ability to mentor into play. Yes, we can. And we should. We absolutely should. If I'm working with a company, it's it's gotten to the point where it's, it's almost comical because a lot of them, you know, I sit down with senior executives and I said, you should do something for the military. Number one, because it's the right thing to do. And I don't have a lot of pushback on that. I threw it on the table pretty easy because I said, even though this is a pricey solution, we got to find a way to do it with a military service member and their family. They don't pay for it. That's our, we got to figure out that challenge. And, and we're in the midst of that right now where, you know, we asked everyone to kind of throw their cards on the table, produce the app, make it military-like hand it off and be able to bring the price point to as low as possible. And then let's find corporate sponsors to pick up the, the bottom line cost of X and then hand it off at no cost to the military market. And that's the program that we are now currently working with you, which is really the military career coach, which is taking that military um, jargon, the military look, feel, mentorship, code, you know, um, curriculum, and placing it, placing it into this model and shaping it for for the military. So I, I love it, and I get excited every time I talk about it. Anytime I talk about a new partner about doing their military program, I quickly pivot and say, "Oh, by the way, we're working with a program that will mentor," you know junior leaders, military members, and potentially help place them with you. And then guess what? You not only have the confidence as a military member that has the discipline, the leadership traits already, but now they've been educated to transition into organizations such as yours. 
and, and it becomes a win-win-win for everyone involved. So putting this app and tool where I can look at and set my own pace and kind of control my own destiny and realizing it's just that, it's something that's here to help, I think it will be uh, a seamless transition enhancement, if you will, to what's available to all members now. So here's our commitment. As you say, you know, what's really important here, what's going to make this really successful is the fact that the content is relevant and targeted and appropriate for the military veterans who are going to hold it in their hands, on their phones. So our commitment is that we're going to build a team in the US and we're going to create the content specifically for this project. Uh, and we're going to have it developed and tested with veterans uh, and with other experts in the field who can help us to understand exactly what the relevant topics and development needs of those people are. And then as you're saying, Kevin, you know, when you're talking to senior leaders in corporate America, you want them to be thinking about this both for the veterans within their organization, but also to sponsor veterans that are outside of the workplace or transitioning out of the military and some of them may come into their organization, but some of them may be moving into other roles too. And so there's something much more altruistic about the way this is really helping to support veterans in transition, not just in your own organization, but more broadly across the whole of the, the US. And I think there's something else that's worth highlighting in the product. One of the things that, that this product does is connect people together. And so we've got capability in the app to create the social and community functions to actually connect veterans with one another. So as you're saying, lots of veterans, when they come out of the military in such a camaraderie in the military, it can feel, I guess, pretty lonely when you're out on the outside. And so, and you're all going through the same kind of challenges, all the ones that you described earlier and more. And so how can you come together in this kind of transition journey and communicate with other people on that journey with you too. And so we're developing the capability in the app that actually connects people who may never have met in real life, maybe weren't stationed together in the military, maybe aren't even heading into the same organization at the end, but they're coming together through this journey of transition. So it's a, it's a really, really exciting journey. So if you're a senior leader in a US corporate, Kevin, how can they get involved and how can they contact you to find out more about this program and, and, and sign up? Yeah. Again, if we have a, a willingness to work with any company that wants to reach out to the military market and, and help veterans, you know, the, the only commitment, and I, I give the, uh, you know, I lay my cards on the table and I give you the read ahead, you know, the first question that's going to be to them, why are you doing this? And it needs to be sincere and it can't be about making money and it can't be, it, it needs to be that they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. In that scenario, we could make anything happen. So it could be re rewarding to their organization, provided they're willing to work for the military market um, and invite them into their corporate, you know, structure, whether it's in the form of placement or in the form of their services being extended to the military market. You know, Leading Points Corporation, you know, real easy. You can look it up. My phone number, email is available, Sullivan at Leading Points. Anyone could drop me a note and I will give them the attention needed. 
Um, when you talked about the military community and, and establishing that network of associates, you know, Leading Points has recognized that for a very long time. Uh, and I've been systematically trying to tie all these programs into a network, not just a community network. There are great organizations of networks within the military where they're fraternal. It could be the Army Aviation Association or, you know, uh, Association of the United States Army or Student Veterans of America, the VFW. It could be Rally Point. All of those are great. Um, but I think there should be a, the ability where you almost have your own passport, if you will, to connect connect to resourcing, connect to services, connect to benefits. And we've been building that opportunity of access um, out over the last several years. And it's as simple as it sounds, it's called Military Connect. And Military Connect will be what we hope is, it will be open to all service members, all active, National Guard, all reservists, all us retirees, all veterans and their families, you know, we're accounting for nearly 30 million Americans that make up that market. We want them to join Military Connect because it will unlock the opportunities, whether it's a discount on, you know, golf or it's access to a military career coach app. Information will become successful to them. If you are a corporate leader or a small business owner, you should reach out to us and say, how can I be part of this? And we will figure it out with you. Um, our team's position is we'll do anything we can to try to help you enhance your business model and your services within the military market um, and try it. Whatever it takes, we'll be in. But please reach out to me directly. If I can't do it, I guarantee I can find the, the team member that will assist you walk you through that opportunity. And if you have it figured out on your side, if you're just someone listening to say, how can I just be involved? Reach out as well. Sponsor a veteran with Military Career Coach. You know, we have a price point down to like $20. Take it at cost and place that application into the hands of a military service member for free. Um, but again, that's whether it's one or if you're a large corporation, you know, Take it on and, and go after. We would love, if we got to be king for the day, we would like to find a way to sponsor a million military service members or family members and help them. Um, and again, I think we'll get there. We'll figure it out. I love it. Last question, big question. What's legacy mean to you? Oh, man. Legacy is, for me, it's not accomplishment. It is, you know, knowing that you've done your best to enhance, not solve, to enhance the lifestyle and the well-being of others. And if you feel that you could go to bed at night knowing that you were able to contribute to the betterment of humanity, you know, that's good. You know, I've isolated it down that I can't solve world problems, but I can certainly make some things better. And my niche market is the military. You know, I, gosh, when I was on in the service, you know, what was what I did, I loved it. It was cool. But I, 
I don't have an appreciation. I didn't have an appreciation for service members that I do now. Oh my gosh, there's no comparison. That was my job back then. It was fun. It was cool. It was friendship, fraternal. It, it was just what we did. Get a little bit removed from it. Man, you know, I'm the guy with goosebumps and, you know, teary eyed when the national anthem is there or you see the jets fly overhead. And you think about these young men and women putting themselves in arm's way to protect what I get to do every day, whether it's golf or work hard. You know, it, it, that's all I want to do. I want to help them in any way, shape, or form um, because they have given so much or are giving so much for us. So, legacy to me is being able to just feel good that I'm a sliver of enhancement to the military well-being of veterans. That's that's all I want, and and hopefully I can push it out there and teach enough people that. It is our obligated duty to, uh, to look after veterans and to take care of the military service member and their families, let alone for those that, the families that have to deal with tragedy, of those that paid the ultimate sacrifice. Those, and there's nothing that we can do that will ever replace their family members, but we certainly can make it a, a little bit more tolerable, maybe. I, I don't know, but... Again, legacy is just knowing that you have helped others, period, you know. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. For U.S. Army veteran Kevin Sullivan, realizing he could give back to the veterans community across the U.S. and empower them to successful and fulfilling civilian careers unlocked his passion to continue to serve, and through leading points, he is helping to connect veterans with the tools they need to maximize their potential. For a former helicopter pilot, he is the expert in lifting people up, and it's fantastic to hear how he's still doing that many years on. Kevin, I've hugely enjoyed this conversation. Best of luck with the continued success of Leading Points and the Military Career Coach. And thank you so much for joining me today on The Unlock Moment. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and thank you tremendously for all that you do for calling attention to a very, very worthy cause. So thanks. This has been The Unlock Moment, a podcast with me, Dr. Gary Crotez. Thank you for listening in. You can find out more about how to figure out what you want and how to get it in my book, The Idea Mindset. Find me on Instagram at Dr. Gary Crotez and subscribe to this podcast to get notified about future episodes. Most listeners to this podcast on Apple and Spotify haven't yet hit the follow button. If there's one thing you can do right now to help me out, then please click the follow button. The more followers I have, the better guests I can attract for you to learn from. Thanks again for listening, and join me again soon, here on The Unlock Moment.